to the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Steph, and I am Hans to Robin's Franz. <laughs> and I'm Steph Swolmate RB. <laughs> uh, welcome to week two of the final season. Uh, um, we are here to talk about the iZombie episode Deadlift. And uh, I do have a little bit of news that was kind of related to our discussion of uh, Quinta Brunson last week. Uh huh. Uh, Quinta Brunson plays Dr. Collier in the first episode. And so, so cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sad we didn't see her this week. Um, but. Uh, I did tell you about the uh, rejected CW pilot she was a part of, The End of the World as We Know It, mm-hmm. uh, which was written by, you know, iZombie alums Patrick Schumacher and Justin Halpern. Yes. Um, the star of the show is was going to be Gage Golightly. Um, you might know Gage from uh, Teen Wolf, uh, Cabin Fever, Ringer. She was just, she was just in the uh, Netflix's... Uh, Netflix movie The Last Summer with uh, Archie, KJ Abba, Abba. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, well, I just found out that she is cast in uh, episode four, which is oh. uh, either Dot Zom or Silicon Death Valley. It's looking more and more like it's going to be called Dot Zom. <laughs> but um, no spoilers, but it looks like her plot line is going to be very much involved with Blaine. There's been some teaser images where. Uh, they're standing close together, so I wonder, you know, if there's any sort of, uh, Blaine's going to have a, you know. Yeah, she's very attractive. Yeah, she's pretty. Um, so, yeah, Gage Golightly going to be on iZombie. I'm not sure if it's a recurring role or if it's just a one-off. So the end of the world as we know it is was not picked up. Right, it was a pilot they shot. And I look at IMDb and it says TV movie. So I don't know if they took what they uh, created and turned it, it, turning it into like a movie or something. But, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, that's just what I've, I've read online. It was, it was a CW pilot that got, they got passed on, but you know, it's like now since Quinta and Gage have uh, done, done a show for Schumacher and Halpern, they're in the Spondooly house, you know? So, um, it's interesting that now we're going to see another person from that canceled project. But, uh, yeah, she's, I mean, I remember watching ringer. I don't remember her from it, but I barely remember ringer anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, yeah. I just remember, you know, the low production value. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that's all the news I have this week. There's not really much, um, being spoken about. Um, I do have a couple of things that was, that were in like interviews for this episode. So, mm-hmm. so you ready to talk about some deadlift? You ready? To, sure. You ready to get jacked, brah? Yeah. Uh, I was like inspired. So I was like 
Googling and stuff. Oh, cool. And I found, found my body, my metabolism type. Yeah. And then there was, and then I found like this, uh, what is suggested for my body type is not a lot of cardio, but a mixture of cardio and strengthening. And so then I, f- I found this exercise called, called a Turkish get up. <laughs> Uh, you should okay. Google it sometime. It, you lay flat on your back and you hold a weight up in the air and then you get up. Huh. <laughs> and you're basically using every muscle in your body to get up slowly. And I hurt my back. Oh. <laughs> so I'm done. Wow. Okay. I mean, the most exercise I usually do is getting up anyway. So um, <laughs> yeah. this sounds like more more of an advanced type Yes, it's, yeah. it was a, a very difficult way of getting up. Uh, yeah, uh, folks, send in your uh, send in your uh, exercise metabolism and all that. Your, your <laughs> any of your tips, uh, send them into iZombiePodcast at gmail dot com. We're very interested, and uh, let's continue with the recap, which will be filled with calories. No empty calories in this recap. Um, this is <laughs> Deadlift, <laughs> written by Philip Hoover and Jacob Farmer. They're, these are new writers. We have, they, we have, they haven't done an episode before, but I believe they've been in the writers' room. Um, and directed by uh, Michael Fields, who's directed many an Eye Zombie episode. So yeah, again, this is the this is part two of a two parter. Would you like to have seen these two like a two hour premiere with both of these together? Both the first episode and the second sort episode. Sort of, yeah. I can see that because with the because uh, it was weird to just come in and immediately find out that there was no body that right. the girl, that the woman that we're looking for was fine. That I was right. <laughs> yeah. Were you were you like weird? You're like weird, or were you like slightly upset that I, I was right? <laughs> uh I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. did, you, I was, did, did you agree with me last time? I'm, I'm pretty sure that we, I, I, you were both theorizing. I really wasn't coming down one way or the other, but uh-huh. I could see that this would be an, a, you know, what would happen was it wasn't even that it was fake news. <sighs> Is that what you're trying to say? Fake news. Oh, yes. I know. I got to say, I love, I love some political commentary, but. You know, I do also watch these shows to escape that, but I, I, I it, it seems that um, you know, in the past couple of years, that iZombie is uh, definitely wants to um, have a have a take on that, and uh, you know, I, and I appreciate that. It's just, oh man, when I hear fake news, oh, no, it makes me cringe. Makes cringe, yeah. But I like the idea of uh, you know what happens in the end. Like, let's you know, if they're going to use it, we're going to use it right back. And uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to the very beginning of the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I would, I was, I would say for for me, I probably appreciate these two episodes being broken up um, because you, you know it, I think I think it was nice to take the uh, break between the two and theorize what might be going on here. And I don't know, like we get a lot thrown at us in the last like five minutes of this episode. So I, I wonder if that would have been a little overwhelming for my senses, at least, uh, if we, uh, if that was, that was at the end of like a two hour block, you know, some people might be like, you know, eat that up like candy, but me, I was, I'm like, I need to think about this. You know, yeah. A lot this. of plot. Yeah. A lot of events. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah. 
like yes, you know, last week we're introduced to Dolly and all the the chicks and all that, and I'm still not, I'm I'm still not sure. I'm I'm thinking chicks are the like the really uh, the radical faction of the Dead Enders. Like the Dead Enders are humans that hate zombies, want them out, but the chicks are the ones that are going to do some really horrible crap um, to stir up trouble. Uh, that's at least what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. Maybe watching that in like two hours, I would have been like, who's, who, what, who happened? Who, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we start off with a chapter title, Babe in the Woods. And uh, poor, poor Bix, you know, he's, he's crying out all his latte and uh, he's being <laughs> snuggled by an officer. It's, it's nice that Seattle PD has an officer <laughs> that could just kind of sit on the floor, sit on the ground and snuggle him up. Yeah, I do too. I thought. That's yeah, okay. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Only in Seattle, okay. Or I mean, maybe, possibly not only in Seattle, but you know, <laughs> in Seattle. Um, this, I was wrong. I mean, I knew, I knew it had to have been some sort of hoax, um, and I figured Lisa was in on it. But as it turns out, Lisa is just a person on. You know the list of the many different phone numbers Liv and Clive were going, were looking for, and it just so happened yeah, she that just she was so missing. happened to be out of town, yeah, yeah. Or supposedly out of town, yeah. And she steps out half naked with some uh, some uh, travel music playing on his little boombox around her neck, and she's uh, <laughs> she's looking a little spaced out, and uh, yeah, she's uh, she's cheating on Bix with her uh, uh, with Glenn from accounting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clive says, uh, "Looks like the work retreat took a romantic and psychedelic turn." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they looked uh, they looked like they were on some drugs there, and it actually takes her a moment to recite the last four digits of her social security number. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would take me uh, some time to recite the last four digits. Of <laughs> <laughs> we'll go right ahead. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four. Uh, <clears throat> You know, the new thing now is the last five digits of your social security number. What? And, like, that really, like, blew my mind. Wait, I wait. was somewhere, and I had to recite the last five. Oh. Like, Holy okay. crap. I was like, did they just change social security numbers? But you're just saying, like, the, you know, starting like, with the... Like, four digits are not enough. Now they need five. Wow. I don't know where I was or wh- what this was for the other day, but I was like, five? Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second. Uh, let me start from the beginning, but... Yeah. Uh... I need some paper and a pen and... <laughs> All right, so we go to uh, Pierce County, which is – I looked on the map. It's a county right below Seattle, and uh, Tacoma is their county seat. And uh, we have this uh, the sheriff who is ready to transport Annie and Pippi – or Pippa, Pippi? Pippi, I think. It's funny. I, I, I don't know if you noticed here, but you know these kids are essentially orphans. So we have Oliver <laughs> – Oliver Twist, oh. Annie, little orphan Annie, and then Pippi, Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> oh. So that, that, that's, that's a little bit of fun. And what does he call them? He calls them these raggedy ams or something? Yeah, raggedy ams, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So this guy, this sheriff, um, pr- puts the kids in the, the cruiser. Yeah, he's like, they ain't our problem. Yep. Ha, ha, ha. Send them right like, off the child services. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then that, that seemed a little... I don't know. Um, what's the word? Flippant. Yeah. Like, like, I, a little, this, like we don't care about these kids. They ain't our problem. Yeah, this sheriff is. I mean, he's uh, he's not exactly the the the. I mean, he's definitely a um, uh, 
I don't know. I wonder if his last name was Lamb. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and he's all ready to talk to Oliver who approaches him about how great being a cop is. And, you know, you're it's really is the uniform is great with the ladies, you know. Um, and then Oliver uh, drops this line on him. He says, do you ever feel like you're an unwitting tool of the prison industrial complex? And he's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> And then his cruiser takes off and drives away because uh, Baron is in there, we- Weevil Baron, and uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Weevil slash Baron. Uh huh. And then, and then uh, the sheriff realizes that Oliver has run off too. And I don't know if you appreciated the uh, the little bit of uh, music that drops in here. It seems a little smoky in the bandy <laughs> Yeah, it really felt like a Dukes of Hazard commercial break. Like all them <laughs> boys. <laughs> well, they pulled one over on the sheriff again. <laughs> Yeah, well, you knew something was going to happen because, like Weevil slash Baron said in the previous episode, it was in the previously on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, we're going to be in trouble if we can't, you know, if we can't get, if we can't get through Washington or something like yeah. that. So you knew some hijinks were going to ensue. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we cut to we finally get our iZombie titles. Yeah. Which yeah, changed? the only yeah, the only thing different was the uh adding um Donnie mm-hmm. to and he, he shares a like a what call title, it? title 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 card title card with yeah. Blaine. Yeah. Uh, oh, the enemies. Yeah, that's kinda unfortunate. Oh, well. I know. Well, um, it, it, it is kind of funny because it says the enemies and they're both looking at each other holding knives and then it turns out, hey, we're actually eating brains together. They kind of turn and like they're like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I looked back at earlier title credits and it's crazy to me, but Blaine has never had a the credit to himself. He's always been featured during the opening where it says the infection, where it shows live with the scratch and then Blaine's like popping up in his yellow jacket. And, you know, his full-on zombie face. Um, but he's never had, like, the the bad guy or, the, you know, something like that. Hmm. Um, and he also featured in uh, when Angus had a uh, The Prophet. Like, Angus had his own card last year. said The Prophet. And uh, Blaine was there. They, they showed, like, an animation of Blaine dropping Angus into the well. But Blaine has uh. never had his own title card. And so now I'm going to drop this on you. I'm going to quiz you. <laughs> uh huh. If you can remember each one of the the title cards, L- let's see. You're going to hate me for this, right? So, oh, the present title cards. Yeah. So it would be Ravi is what? Do you remember what Ravi is? Oh, the coworker. <laughs> the ally. The ally. Okay. Peyton. The best friend. Yep. Major. The ex-boyfriend? Ex-fiance, close enough. Okay. And finally, Clive. <laughs> uh-uh, no. It's funny, because I wrote, the, I was writing these down, and I was like, who was, what was Clive again? Or, you know, what was, uh, what was Robbie again? Like, I should know these things. Clive is the partner. And, oh. I, 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 and I can, I always remember Peyton's the best friend, because that was always, that, when they changed the credits to include her in the second season, that was like a big highlight of the, you know, changing the credits around. I was happy to see Peyton in there. Yeah, when you see the best friend, you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little image of Peyton. Um, and, 
but yeah, just looking back on the credits and going, wait a second, like David Andrews, like has been here from the beginning and he hasn't quite, he's been in there. He just hasn't and, had his own, well, the. And in the credits, is he not the and person, you know, like hmm. who is usually the biggest name? Oh, right, right, right. You know, I don't know. They usually do that, you know, as the show is opening and I'm paying yeah, attention and, to the show. Right. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, Blaine's going to get his own. Get, get, is not going to have his own. He's going to share it with Donnie this last season. The enemies. I, it, and I almost think it like it's like um, you know it, it is kind of cute because you know sometimes Blaine and Donnie are working against each other, and maybe you know this title card is a is a foreshadowing of uh, of, of of things to come. Like Donnie's going to get tired of uh, Blaine's baller status, and they they are going to be enemies, but. Um, or maybe it's just a time thing. Yeah, but I always think like like uh, uh, like maybe Blaine's just hard to classify. You can't just say the enemy, the, you know, the mm-hmm. the bad guy, or you know. But then again, I think of Major more than just the ex fiance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. All right, so uh, we come back for the title cards, and Oliver, Pippi, Annie, and we've—I mean, uh, Baron—get uh, away after ditching the patrol car. So we cut to Fillmore Graves. And I got on IMDb and I really wanted to know who's, who are these people in the, uh, Fillmore Graves committee? Cause we see, we see them, but I'm like, who are, who are these people? Who are some of these people? I can't remember. Half the Frenchie. The Frenchie is of course, Enzo, Enzo Lambert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, the guy from, <laughs> you can't do that on television. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. I, I didn't realize that. I had looked up Hobbs, who's played by Adam Reed, and did 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 do you know? How did you know this? Did I did I say this like a year? We or talked so? about this before. We yeah. have. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I have a terrible memory. Um, and then Diaz at the end he is super angry. Uh, Joyce Collins is someone <laughs> like she talks and she seems to be on Major's side most of the time, but mm-hmm. like I don't know. We've never really. She's not really a character. She's, you know, she seems to be more of a, have more of a say in the committee, but she doesn't, you know, we don't know her very well. Oh, I know. When I heard her talk, I was like, she's like a Star Wars character. You know, in Star Wars, when they're in the uh, <laughs> yes. the control room, you know, of the Death Star, and one character just kind of speaks up, and you're yeah. like, who is that? Yeah. And like three movies later, everybody's, you know, she's got an action figure. It's like, duh, that's Mon Mothma. Everybody knows Mon Mothma. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, there's Wells as well and uh, um, Justin. Yeah, I don't like Justin. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I guess Justin is a little bit more trustworthy than he used to be, but maybe it's because, you know, he's got this. Un- unflinching devotion to Fillmore Graves and now to Major as his best friend. So, uh, but yeah, Justin and Joyce seem to be the only ones backing Major. The rest, so not so much. Uh, I like that Hobbs wonders, "Hey, maybe, uh, maybe you should be on the field more, Commander." <laughs> and it's like you want him to get shot, don't you, Hobbs? You should, <laughs> they should have gotten rid of you. Um, but then uh, I love that Sergeant Major challenges Commander Major. <laughs> Like Justin like scolds him and calls him Sergeant Major. <laughs> like, oh, how many majors here are here? Um, and uh, you know he got, kind of challenges him on how much does he know the, the troops that got killed at the uh, brain line. 
And uh-huh. of course Major knows them all. Maybe he had that steel trap brain from last week, but he remembers everybody and the things that they liked. He got to know them all. So, uh, and so we go to the next chapter called. Oh, I, that was the FSU football. Never missed a ball yeah, game. Yeah, the one girl like, like loves Sleater Kenny. You know, I don't know what that is. That's a band. Oh, I, I mean Carrie that- Brownstein, I think She's from Portlandia. That's her band. Oh, yeah, they're they're, they're, kind, they're kind of a big thing. Um, oh, I'm old. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the south, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know the, these north, <laughs> northwestern things. Did they play with Skinner one time? No. Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, this is cool. I re- I actually realized, you know, my second watch I was like, oh, this is actually Liv and Major's first scene of the season. Like they mm-hmm. season four ended with those two being uh, kind of tense with each other over. Everything happened with Fillmore Graves and Levon getting killed, but yeah. Well, okay. The subtext that I got from the scene was, "Hey, we're friends. No matter what, we're going to leave work at work, and yeah. when we're at home in the evenings, we're going to be just living major." Yeah, not that they're actually uh, living together, but because Major thinks that Robbie's the one that's cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I kind of assumed like Liv really uh, was upset at the whole Fillmore Graves thing and what happened with Levon and you know how monster. I mean, she got beaten by Enzo in the interrogation room, you know. Um, but I assume it's because Major is leading Fillmore Graves in this kinder, gentler direction, and um, mm-hmm. and we also had Peyton defending him on TV last week. So I'm wondering, I'm, I'm thinking that you know this relationship is healing, you know. Mm-hmm. And because when I first watched it, I was like, okay, what's what's Liv trying to do here? Like, what what is she trying to get some information, you know, for the renegade thing from Fillmore Graves through Major? You know, is, is this going to damage the relationship further? But, you know, uh, so yeah, I, I didn't think anything like that. I thought, okay, she's she's concerned about her friend. We're, we're friends no matter what. Yeah. And it, and it seems to be like that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so. I love Major saying that he feels like you see 3PO disguised as Robocop. <laughs> and the whole thing with Robbie re- re- had reminded him that C-3PO is actually a god to the Ewoks. And, uh, oh, the, the song that's playing here, by the way, uh, is called Stars and Stripes. And it's by George Byrne, who is Rose McIver's boyfriend. Oh. Yeah. And you remember when I met them? Yeah. Uh, George actually took that photo uh, of all all four of us standing. Oh, there. Yeah. yeah, I liked nice that. Mu- that music was nice. Yeah, that music perfectly said, "I care about you." Yeah, yeah, it was it was very it was very pleasant for sure. Um, so we got a little bit more info here about Dance of a Lifetime. There's two dancers who want to get out of the city to compete. Where this is all they've been teasing this ne- the next episode for the last two weeks now. So. Oh, right? oh, I, d- I hadn't put it together. Okay. I mean, it, I assume, uh, you know, what we see in the trailer, it looks like uh, maybe, uh, well, I don't, I guess, do I want to spoil the trailer? And maybe I shouldn't. We'll, we'll talk at the end. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just, I just don't understand this advertising. Like, what's the deal with the advertising? I want this to make sense to me. Uh-huh. I just can't put it together in my mind. Well, I mean, the U.S. is... Uh, Thinks that, you know, 
New Seattle is like Dawn of the Dead. Like there's zombies running amok. There's people being eaten. You know, there's body parts in the streets and things like that. And the U.S. Uh, is being pressured to nuke. I mean, can you imagine what Fox News has done with the this, this story of New <laughs> Seattle? Holy cow. There's probably like 50, at least 50% of Americans are like nuke. New Sharia Seattle. law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Living under Sharia law. Yeah. Uh, because don't you know half of London is under Sharia law? Don't go to London. Don't go to Europe. Oh, it's God. terrible. So I'm assuming. Immigrants everywhere. <laughs> So, so yeah, as for this dance of a lifetime, this reality show really wants these two dancers that are stuck in New Seattle and, um, you know, and they're offering to let Fillmore Graves put some sort of advertisement or something, you know, and to, to kind of show to how change New the perception, perception, the public perception mm-hmm. of what's going on. Okay. So. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Liv has some fitness guru brains, and Major does not partake. He replaced his brains with uh, brain paste because he wants to stay himself. Uh, uh, yeah, I wondered how they were going to do that, where uh, it would be uh, such a different, uh, you know, so different, such a different episode if both of them were on the same brain. Mm-hmm. Like it would revolve around them two. Like being in competition with each other physically, or, you know, like yeah. I was wondering how they were going to handle that. With they could not possibly handle the the stuff that Major had to deal with in this episode with him like doing squats as he's trying to like emote. <laughs> yeah, so he stupid. can't be he can't be distracted. He's got too too much responsibility. Yeah, um, I gotta say, uh, th- th- little 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 bit of a quibble here. I have. What I have a quibble. Uh, anyway, I love this show, but this is um, this is another week of brains that are not related to the case, and it really makes me concerned about the show's you know direction with Liv as a character. Um, why? Yeah, does, no, no visions. Right. Why does Liv? Why is Liv settled on being a zombie? And it, it's to help people. It's to she's eating brains. Because she has a purpose. She eats the brains to help solve murders. When when Clive stopped being her partner for like an episode, she was lost. She she you know, why would why would she be happy being be okay with being a zombie if she can't help solve crimes? But yet like the last couple of weeks it's like, no, she's actually just eating brains because she needs to eat brains and uh she's dealing with the, the consequence of uh the personalities. I'm just like you know, when brain paste, I mean, I, you know, the way they talk about it, it's like, it's gross, but you know, they're sustained and, um, and it doesn't, they don't go them. Romero. Yeah, uh-huh. They don't go Romero and they don't start, you know, doing weird and goofy things because they're, you know, every single brain they get is uh, some sort of weird and goofy, has some sort of weird and goofy quirk that is, uh, accelerated, I guess, through the, through the zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If her motivation helping people was uh eating brains to help figure to solve murders right and now her motivation to help people is being renegade why is she still eating brains and having these quirky personalities yeah and she's she still wants to help clive uh solve murders but really you know what's her point what's she bringing to the table yeah (laughs) And it sucks because I want to see Liv, like, yes, I want her to be in, 
uh, it's really awesome that she's an important member of New Seattle as she's renegade that she's helping people that way. Um, but I also want her to, you know, be valuable on the case. You know, I want her to, so, 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 but it just kind of confused me. Like why, why eat brains that might be a disruption if it's, if the, the reason for doing that is not clear, like that's not helping solve the market. Yeah. Because the scene where they go talk to the woman, uh, on the street yeah. that won't answer her phone because yeah, in 2019, Nobody answers their phone. <laughs> if I don't know you, I'm not answering the phone. Uh, but uh, and and Liv is just like goofy, being silly, running up and down the driveway, yeah, kick doing kicks. That really wasn't funny. Well, I because there was, was no point. There was no point to it. Yeah, it was just Liv being silly. I thought it was funny. I was laughing at her, but I was also in the back of my mind, and this is it's related to what I'm talking about. These mm-hmm. brains are disruptive. Like mm-hmm. this is not helping at all. And Clive might have might have saw that she that woman is like not sweating because of hot flashes. She's sweating because the freaking cops uh, are talking to her, and she knows what she has done. And mm-hmm. she's really nervous. But Clive is more distracted by what Liv is doing. She's running back and forth with the garbage cans. She's mm-hmm. And it, to me as the viewer, I'm like laughing because it's so funny. Uh, but I'm also like thinking, this actually sucks for Clive because, you know, or like, you know, he's not bothered by it. That's a good thing. Clive has got a better relationship with Liv on these brands since he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's amused by it, but unfortunately, he's not able to do his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm really hoping from here on out, let I want brains that are from the murder victims that are going to give her visions and are going to help. Or, I mean, are we moving into the into an area where Liv doesn't need brains, and maybe you know by the end of the season, she's going to see that okay, these are these brains are more disruptive than helpful. I think I want to be take the cure and be human because, you know, eventually I'm going to come up with a cure and Liv's going to have a choice. It's got to be where the season is going. The series is going. Mm-hmm. And why stay a zombie if the brains you're eating aren't actually helping anything? Right. I don't know. That was my rant. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really, you know, obviously hoping, hoping, hoping for the show to do something more with it. So, all right. So, uh, we go to, uh, some real hotness going on in Peyton's bedroom. Can I say, this makes me very uncomfortable. Oh, it's really? just too intimate. <laughs> <laughs> too really? I mean, not necessarily this scene. This scene was fine. Well, I don't know. Oh, with all the, the recipro- uh, reciprocalness, <laughs> reciprocating, talking, uh, that made me uncomfortable. But the other the other scene was very... Uh, the eye contact? Eye contact, <laughs> just a little too intimate for me. <laughs> I love, I love the fact that you know, you Robbie is a really good looking guy, but I don't know. To me, it's like Peyton is a knockout, and de- definitely Robbie was swinging up when he was trying to uh, uh, date her. Um, but I love yeah. that Robbie is confident enough to be like, no, I, I bring a lot to the t- lot to the table. I'm a I'm a handsome doctor with an accent, and I'm funny, you know. But it, it's always funny when Robbie's just like, oh, man, why don't you just ask me about my day? You know, <laughs> he's obviously joking. You know, he's just I don't know. It's very, uh, very, very diva like, you know, I just love Robbie. Like that. <laughs> but it does. 
unfortunately, this joke turns Peyton and like, actually, yeah, I do want to tell you all about my day. And and now he's uh, he's very frustrated. Yeah, the self-deprecation of Ravi is <laughs> is adorable. Yeah. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing because here's Peyton uh, relaxing on the bed and um, – Ravi always makes uh, almost makes Peyton um, complete. Uh, if you know your Buffy, uh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, this is happening!" And then she keeps talking. It's a joke, you know. But um, uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> but it's cool to know that uh, Peyton got to be on, on Team People's uh, top influential women under thirty. You know, mm-hmm. I love hearing that our characters are famous and. You know, people like them and but, getting uh, recognition. Getting recognition. I like our characters to be the stars of the show, the stars of everything. But um, yeah, she—that's where she talks about how like people in the U.S. don't even know, uh, you know, what being a zombie is really like, or what the relations are. So, uh, so Peyton talks about how there's two zombie. Two, mem- two members left on the uh, city council, a human and a zombie, and then we get a kind of a back and forth between them because – That – okay. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, do you not listen to me? <laughs> I told you that most of the members got out of New Seattle before yeah. the wall went up. Which is a nice it's way a- of exposition because it's like, yeah, maybe Ravi isn't listening to her. Well, we definitely didn't hear it, so it's good that she's telling Ravi again. <laughs> we didn't yeah. <laughs> and so there's two st- – council members and they're different they're they're very different extremes well one's a human and one's a zombie and one is uh one is uh very much uh you know we need to make sure everybody knows who is a human and who is a zombie and i gotta say i gotta i i i get confused sometimes too (laughs) yeah Um, and uh yes yeah i was wondering why is it okay like especially in the first episode with the girl Going in and stealing the uh, self tanner. Right. Why do people? And I guess it's because of because they're discriminated against. Why do people go through so much trouble to pass as humans? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, they either don't like the zombie look. You know, they, they haven't. They, they're not comfortable with it, and they want to, you know, get back to where they were before. You know, it's one thing, I suppose, if you were born a zombie and. Uh, you know, uh, but but these people were people before, and probably you know your hair turning white and your skin getting all pasty might be not something that you enjoy. Well, and then I wonder: is it a um, hair and makeup issue? Is it that they don't want to spend so much time on smaller characters? Oh, you're talking the about the show, issue? right? Yes, I'm talking. Is it a just a convenience and a time thing Honestly. that they're like, okay, well, let's just make most people want to pass as human, and then we won't have to go through the trouble of hair and wig and makeup. Well, you know, Fillmore Graves was a big proponent of tan, you know, tan and dye. Um, but then again, a lot of these humans were made like a year ago. So again, I think it's more like a they're just so used to it. You know, just speaking of it from character a character point, they're they're so used to being human they want to be back to what they look like before like me i'm losing my hair you know <laughs> and uh, i'm like oh man I'm, i wish my hairline was down to maybe an inch more you know 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I know. I've been watching um, tutorials for makeup, like how do I make my lips come back? My lips are disappearing. I need to pull their lips. You got to get those lip injections. Oh, and then have the duck look. You have the duck look. <laughs> I, I, I think it'd look great. You could do selfies all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we have more NZ. We have Mort played by uh, Byron Noble, who uh, was actually on iZombie before. He played the bookie on Max Wager. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's character. kind of a yeah. he's kind of a small man. Yeah, and uh, we have Zed, <laughs> who's not mm-hmm. a small man. It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Oh my gosh! When he got on the bicycle and rode away, I don't know. Why I thought that was funny. Yeah, because th- he's so large. <laughs> it's it's interesting to look at him. You know, and you know, you never see somebody so so tall. You know. Oh yeah, when you see a human being that is like taller than they than the average you know what i mean like i've got my husband's tall mm-hmm. and when i see somebody that's taller than him like it's very it's very imposing mm. he is and it's cool and i like that they have him as a zombie too you know it's just something you know about you know this like tall gangly guy who's a who's also a, a zombie you know um, yeah so It'd be interesting if we see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in full-on zombie mode. <laughs> you know? but, um, yeah, but but those two characters, I thought that was great. And how they went back and forth, cut cut back and forth between the two with right. Peyton talking to them. Yeah, and it looks like, you know, I don't know if you've seen a little movie called Civil War. <laughs> but this seems to be very Civil War-ish. This is, you know, in Marvel's Civil War... Um, the two heroes argued because one, you know, the government was trying to tell them that the superheroes that they have to identify that they have superpowers and they have to like register. Um, and, uh, you know, the other, the opposing heroes was like, no, that's, that's wrong. You know, they should, people should be treated equally. And this seems to be what's happening here, you know, between Mort and Zed. And Mort is very much like, we need strength in our government. Whoever we elect, we need strength in our. And Zed is like, no, we have to have heart, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's like we definitely fall on the side of Zed, you know? <laughs> um, but, again, sometimes I'm confused who's a zombie and who's not. So, <laughs> yep. I also wish they'd have such you a have to pay, fire on them. <laughs> yeah, you have to pay close attention. Yeah. Uh, so, you were, you were wondering about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, last week when I brought it up. And I, I, I read an article uh with him talking about uh, what's been going on with him. He's obviously iconic basketball player. Um, but, you know, since retiring from basketball, he's actually uh, written several books. Um, he even wrote one about Sherlock Holmes's brother, Mycroft. So, <laughs> like, what? He's also, he, he, um, uh, he, he's also written columns. Um, and apparently he wrote a column on five, YA books everyone should read and included Rob Thomas's uh, book Slave Day. Oh. And he mentioned in the article that he was a Veronica Mars fan and an iZombie fan. Oh. So Rob Thomas reached out to him because um, his book Slave Day was uh, getting re-released and he was asking, he, he was like, oh, thank you, Kareem. You know, you, you did such a you, you wrote this nice thing about me. Can you do a forward? So he, um, Kareem, uh, agreed to do the forward for his book only if he could play a zombie on iZombie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, right? That's, 
That's totes adorbs. Because I love it when, like, celebrities are fans of things that you're fans of. Yeah. (laughs) Or this also reminds me of, you know, when we, like, think of athletes and you think that athletes are dumb or you think that a person is only one thing. Right. You know, that people don't have depth and different facets of their personality and different sides to them. I was watching this show on the series on Netflix about losers or, or something like that, saying that we put so much emphasis on winning in this, in our culture mm-hmm. that we don't appreciate sometimes when people are better off when they don't win. Hmm. And there was some boxer, his, his, like his dad was Jamaican, like a, like like he was first generation immigrant, for, uh, first generation like Jamaican American or something like that. His dad really pushed him to box. It may not be Jamaica; it might be someplace else, <laughs> hey, Haiti or someplace. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this guy in New York, his dad really pushed him, like was on him constantly to fight from when he was a young boy, and he grew up in like his first professional bout was with. Mike Tyson or something like that mm-hmm. and he lost but I'm probably getting this story completely wrong <laughs> but this guy ended up a writer in Hollywood oh wow yeah like beca- and he became a consultant for boxing movies and television shows and then he wrote screenplays like sometimes because you don't succeed in one thing it can lead to other things and you have to appreciate the road that gets you where you are in life instead of not focusing on, well, I'm, I'm a loser because I didn't win against Mike Tyson. Right. right. <laughs> and, and- so, so just because you're an athlete doesn't mean that you can't do other things. Right. You know, and obviously Kareem was, is, is a winner, but he also like retired. So you're, you know, mm-hmm. you ask anybody on the street, what do you think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is doing right now? And then like, you know, people will be like, wouldn't come up with like, he's writing and he's, he's going to play a zombie on iZombie, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and that's, that's what the internet's for, that the internet is mostly for, you think of somebody that you remember from your youth, you're like, oh man, what happened to that kid in space camp? <laughs> <laughs> and you look it up, you're like, oh, that's Joaquin Phoenix, you know, <laughs> or, uh, or, oh, they're managing a restaurant they're happy, you know, or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, Kareem Kareem is on the show. I, I'm not sure how many episodes he's on, but he's he's playing a, a city councilman. And um, because he's a writer, he got offered a job on the Veronica Mars writing staff. And he is writing. He wrote rather uh, episode six of uh, this next season that's coming up. So that's awesome. It's gonna be <laughs> so, uh, so. So yeah, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I love. I, I, you know, it's funny. We're sitting there watching on the show. I was watching with my wife, and uh, that scene happened. And I was like, "You know who that is?" And my wife was like, ah, "He's somebody famous." I was like, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar." She's like, "Oh my god!" And then she's just like, "What is he doing on iZombie?" And yeah, this is like he's a fan. You know, <laughs> isn't that crazy? You know, like I don't know. Yeah, um, just like you see Mariah Carey. <laughs> You know, tweet this love for the marvelous Miss Maisel. You're like, I like that too. I like that too. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. So imagine that. Like uh, movie stars, athletes, you know, TV people. Uh, they actually they're, they're like real things. people like us. Yeah, they're just like <laughs> us. 
just like zombies. Anyway, let's get but back to really, it. But really, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar looks great because I was thinking, shouldn't he be like really old? But no, he he's looks great and he's very um, agile mm-hmm. and can ride a bike. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> we see him walking along. Um, I was like, I wonder if like his legs are in pain. You know, you know of like people. Um, yeah, retired from sports, you think. I bet their body is just all broke down. Yeah. But basketball isn't a very, you know, uh, it's not like wrestling. Yeah. It's not a very demanding. (laughs) It's not football. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I mean, it's, you have to be fast on your feet. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But all right. Um, So, so Liv is, uh, he's hit the, she's hit the uh, fitness nut brain. And uh, I don't know. I, I love the I love Clive's attitude these days. Uh, I, I love that you know last season he wasn't very happy. Uh, he's living under the threat of nuclear annihilation, and uh, he's going through this whole issue with uh, with you know Dale. But now in this season, it's great. He can, his, he's got a smile on his face a lot of the time. He's with his he's with the girl he loves. He's gonna have he's gonna be a father. Um, he has no problems. Yeah, and he's also able to appreciate like. You know his partner being on brains, even though they're not very helpful. But they're you know she's amusing. She's fun to be around. Um, you know when she's on the right one. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not not bad at all. Yeah, Except not knuckle knuckle breaker. Knuckle, or that you know that one from last season with the, the blue bloody with the you know the snobby woman that was constantly calling Clive her driver and stuff like. That. <sighs> Uh, all right, so we meet uh, Mrs. Jones, who is uh, Kathy Jones. Um, she's played by Jackie DeBaton, and uh, looked at her IMDb, and I, I don't know. She she played Elizabeth the stripper in the last three episodes of The Office. I don't remember this, but ah, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Anyway, we kind of d- talked about this from before. You know, she's sweating. She blames the hot flashes, and uh, I love the line: "Sweat is just your body fat crying." I want to put that on a banner. <laughs> or just like on a t-shirt um, And Liv's being really funny Running those garbage cans up She's doing high steps, kicking, the punching It's just the, just so funny Watching her um, But yeah what, Unfortunately this is distracting Mrs. Joan, Kathy is very nervous And Clive's not picking it up Yeah, she's talking She's telling him a story about How she stole drugs From a hospital mm-hmm. For her boyfriend like a previous husband or something? Yeah. What does that have? To, uh, first, what does that have to do with anything? I know. You're just rambling. And number two, Clive, why is this not sending up red flags? Mm-hmm. Do you know what it has to do with what it's what it's letting us know the the people that know everything at the end? It, it's something I didn't catch in the first watch. watch well, through. she stole blood. She stole from blood. the hospital. So yeah, it shows she's she's she can steal things from a hospital. Mm-hmm. Look, I can't steal things from a hospital. Well, maybe a new Seattle. I you can. I that must that hospital must have no security cameras, no security guards. <laughs> I can't steal anything from a hospital. Well, what's the what's the zombie version of a skeleton crew? That's what the hospital is running on. <laughs> uh, anyway, we we go to the morgue and Liv's doing pull ups. Uh, you know, we see some wide shots of Liv hanging there. You know. Uh, but Rose did tweet that you know these close up. She's on Apple Box, you know. She's just- <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. 
And uh, she gets right into uh, Ravi and Peyton's relationship. And I love this advice and I'd love to try it out sometime. Okay. So she says, (laughs) I'm like taking notes, right? Four hours before your quote unquote jam sesh, (laughs) take an ice bath, (laughs) eat three Brazil nuts, a spoon of fermented trout butter, Oh, okay. That's the that is what I could. That's the line I couldn't make out uh, later on. Later on, okay. yeah. What if you had two spoonfuls? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what any of this has to do with anything. But well, but the Brazil nuts have magnesium. Ah, uh, yeah, like do? like there's like there are foods like certain fish, uh, Brazil nuts, mushrooms, something like that. That because. I read about this because, like, I don't eat any of those foods. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like magnesium. Oh, okay. For your thyroid and your hormones. I did appreciate, I did appreciate, you know, her advice at the end that you just sort of soak. It's a hot tub, not a lap pool. (laughs) That, you know, take your time with your lover, you know. And also, eye contact is great, you know. So, um which is something I have a problem with. <laughs> but uh, oh, TMI. <laughs> but maybe I should work on that. Anyway, uh, I love that she challenges him to be Ravi Rock Hard Rock Hard Body. Oh yeah, don't you want to be Ravi Rock Hard Body? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, a, another nickname for Chakra Body. I wonder. You know, we got Shark Body last week. Ravi Rock Hard Body. Uh, I wonder if we're gonna get one an episode. I don't know. Uh, all right, so we go to D and D night. Uh, Clive playing with Ravi, Jimmy, and Steve. And uh, sorry, I should say their full names: Jimmy the sketch artist and Vampire Steve, uh-huh. who apparently is Zombie Steve now. <laughs> okay. His, he said that his his cousin accused uh, Steve of doing it for attention to, to turn into a zombie, and he's like, oh, "Why would I do yeah. that?" And then Clive reminds him, actually, you started doing the vampire thing to get that girl's attention. Mm. I don't know, do you remember that from 20, 20-sided die? I vaguely have a memory of it. It sounds familiar. <laughs> My first note, though, is uh, uh, Major's going to be so pissed about being left out again. Because <laughs> he was upset about it the last time. Oh. Uh, Clive is super impatient. He's trying to run this game, but Ravi, Jimmy, and Steve are focused on this role-playing some sort of light dinner conversation and <laughs> waiting for, I don't know, like, uh, the hell was it? Goose? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then we find we also find out that Jimmy actually is a sketch artist in another way. <laughs> he works on sketches. Uh, oh. Comedy sketches. <laughs> And uh, you know, his, he, and, he and his troop—they act like zombies for comedy. They do—they put white wigs on and put the makeup on. And Clyde says, "So you paint your face to appropriate another co- another culture?" And Ooh. taps mugs with Ravi and Jerry's like, "Uh, wasn't thinking it that way." <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that that puts a you know a, a bug in uh, Ravi's mind. We'll get back to that later. But I love that Clive gets so annoyed at. Them just bask, you just hang out at this having goose together. That he has, he sends Gorlog the attention seeker and cuts Moscow brand bandy wax's head right off and says, Look at me! <laughs> <laughs> I love, oh god, Malcolm Goodwin, so awesome. 
All right, so on you know now we got the comedy. We're going to go on to a little darker scene. We have Jordan out with uh, Tater and Wells. Tater, whose nickname is Spud, by the way. Uh huh. <laughs> Wells is shot in the neck. Tater runs for cover while Jordan tries to drag Wells to cover, and she's shot in the face by uh, creepy Benny. Yeah, uh, on Twitter, Robert Buckley tweeted something about a death. So I was expecting somebody to die. Mm-hmm. And so I Game of Thrones expect- is not the only one that's going to have a death or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and I kind of expected it to be somebody close to his character. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty yeah. shocking. Actually, before the premiere, uh, he tweeted a photo of himself and uh, Rose and Raul. And with a caption, tomorrow night's season premiere of iZombie is one of the few episodes where a major character doesn't die. <laughs> oh. And, uh, you know, I kind of set off a little storm like, major character? <laughs> major? <laughs> so. Yeah, because really, what's her name? Dang it, Jordan. Jordan. I mean, is she a major character? Uh, she's, she's major to major. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I guess they mean not like a new character that we've only seen once. I guess she is a major. She's a pretty major. Okay, she's never a mind. Recurring character, somebody she's a we, major character. Somebody we recognize on the screen. It's not like mm-hmm. you know, like, oh my god, they killed um, that redneck that was uh, sitting eating fish and talking about his brother. Oh my god, you know. Uh, so. We should do this, and I think we're going to do this for you know. I feel like I feel like we're gonna we're gonna be crying a lot this season. So let's uh, let's strike up the music. And this is a uh, in memoriam to Jordan. Jordan Gladwell was her full name, um, played by Jade Baton. Jordan. You joined us at the beginning of season four where you were just a kid trying to feed your starving siblings. You you remember you were wearing that funny brain halo <laughs> on your head. And uh, you, you beat the crap out of that asshole Tucker <laughs> and ended up turning him into a zombie. Remember that? Um, you fell in love with Captain Seattle, whose name was allegedly Fisher Webb, according to IMDb. And... Uh, <laughs> you lost him when Chase shot him in the sh- in the scratching post. That's not a, a euphemism, by the way. <laughs> Still, you were Jordan. You were loyal to Majors at the end. You died, and you're murdered by that scumbum Benny. And I really hope Benny gets his. That's all I have to say. Yeah, you got anything to say to, about Jordan? She's cute. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's that that's good. So uh, yeah, lower her 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 body into the ground. We'll miss you, Jordan. Too uh, spunky, 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 Just spunky and spunky. <laughs> We go to Fillmore Graves, and now we're looking at another file. And I'm like, okay, 
more information. I'm ready to I'm freeze frame it. I'm looking at it. So Major and Justin are debating over another uh, a pair of people that want to leave New Seattle. And their names are John and David Mendez. They need to get to San Diego to help their dying father, who as soon as he dies, he's not going to be able to take care of their senile mother. But unfortunately, they're healthy themselves. So there's no reason for them to leave. Um, you know, no, it's supposed to be like some sort of medical thing that you have to go out of New Seattle to get. And, uh, so they get rejected. They go to the reject pile and major thinks he's going to hell. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, broken up by uh, Wells coming in. He's got a wound on his neck and he says, he tells him the news. And so we cut to the locker room and, uh, major, major has a breakdown. What'd you, what'd you think of Robert Buckley here? I, I was, I was convinced. I don't know. Uh, Those little tears in front of the, the mirror. We don't get to see Major cry. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's even more painful when he's sitting there. He's emoting. He's, like, losing it, you know. And, uh, you know, because he feels so responsible. Like, this whole situation he feels so yeah. so responsible for. And, uh, and he hears some soldiers come in and they're talking dissent and how terrible Major is. And so Major comes out and accuses uh, Tater of uh, hiding and then just like begs them just to be smart. Come on. They're, they want to provoke us. Let's not let's not give into it. You know, they want to blow this whole thing up. So and Wells asks, what's what are you going to do if you catch the bomber or or the shooter? The person that shot uh, Jordan and Major says that we're going to put them in human court. And that kind of bums out the squad there. So uh, we cut to Annie, Oliver, Annie, and Pippi on this railroad yard. And Annie and Pippi are looking forward to being turned into zombies so they're going to have strength to defend themselves if they're ever you know, put in a situation where they're going to be abused again. Um, but yet Oliver is the one that's sick. He's got the brain cancer and he starts coughing. And, you know, It shows a little bit of urgency here. And uh, Baron comes up and says they have to remember this address if they ever get split up 369 Molina Road. So I'm assuming that's Renegade Headquarters. Mm-hmm. All right. So we cut to uh, next chapter, Murdered in Warm Bloods. <laughs> and it's Clive and Liv driving and Liv talking about how a pint of ranch dressing is a, like a lot of calories. And Clive's like, I would never eat a pint of ranch dressing. <laughs> but yeah, they're still investigating. They're trying to get through that phone number list, you know, pinging the cell tower and all that stuff. And they find out there's shots fired at Warm Bloods. They see a car driving by. They go to Warm Bloods. The people there recognize her as Renegade, and they won't let her administer medical help. And uh, and uh, the guy dies on the floor. They they think that she's going to scratch it. Yeah, she swears she's not. You know, she's the Hippocratic Oath. You know, demands that she help this guy, and they won't let her by. Um, and yeah, film. So that is how bad they hate zombies. Mm -hmm. They don't even want a zombie, uh, you know, fixing them, <laughs> patching them up. Uh, so, uh, you know, and it was that guy's choice too. You know, it wasn't, you know, you, you want to blame these people that are blocking, but he's on the floor saying like, don't let her near me, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, he, he died for it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we have, um, uh, Fillmore Gray shows up major and I think Enzo and, uh, yeah, the humor is kind of a, Throughout this, like, you know, accusation that they're just going to cover up whoever shot shot the place up. So, so a lot of distrust there. 
and we go to Peyton's office, which I definitely sat in that chair. And uh, there's this uh, cute moment of uh, Ravi catching Peyton lying. Oh yeah. On the phone. <laughs> and this uh, is me turning out the lights. This is me closing, locking the door. And he's like, "No, I'm standing right here. No, yeah. I'm not doing those things." <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so he brings Jimmy in, and like she's been like auditioning people to do some sort of thing to, um, you know, kind of normalize zombies. You know, let people know that they're you know change the perception in the U.S. And Ravi brings in his idea, which is uh, Jimmy the sketch artist, who is uh, got this whole idea for a portfolio. A portfolio. You keep saying the portfolio. Like it's so funny. It's like yeah, yeah, we get it. You you got you do sketches and sketches. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, but uh, he has an idea about a, a, a sitcom, like a human couple living next to a zombie couple, and Robbie's talking like, "Look about, think about like what what happened with uh, Will and Grace and uh, the Cosby Show." <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so yeah, they have an idea, and it's going to be called High Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> which Peyton is not a fan of the name, <laughs> which I just love. I love the I love the meta commentary, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it does go back to the. Like the last issue of the comic book where um, they were they were going to do a radio show about uh, zombies and they were going to call it Eye Zombie and a character there was just like, oh, hate the name. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like uh, the cost of building sets and all this stuff is going to be a lot. So Peyton has that to figure out. And there's no uh, gangsters that she can steal a bunch of money from like she did for uh, Renegade. So uh, she's got to do it through the government. Uh, meanwhile, we go to Oh My Cod at night, and Dolly is serving food and serving misinformation. Oh, I, no, uh, four people died. No, just one. You believe everything you see on the news? Mm. Oh, I just want to... Mm. Yeah, that's... <laughs> voila! Oh, you know why. It serves, because it serves your agenda. She's trying to stir up trouble. She's trying to get a war to happen. She's yeah. She wants these zombies to be crushed because she knows if the humans all band together to kill all the zombies, it, the zombies will definitely be killed. <laughs> I mean, there's there humans overwhelm zombies. Uh, what was it like fifty to one? Um, and there's yeah, there's one redneck guy there who kind of hints at what we're going to see ahead. He says he knows one guy that has a buddy who uh, joined a crew and they're just patrolling the border. They're locked and loaded. Some of them even use arrows. So, uh, and then we see the border and Baron and Oliver and Pippi and Annie walking up a very classic Vancouver alleyway, I should say. Uh, (laughs) You always tell about those poles, you know, (laughs) they're so cool, but we see the wall. They they did a pretty good job at, um, building this huge set is, uh, I wonder if we're going to see more at the wall, but we see graffiti like a dead zombie is a good zombie. This is our home. Heartless humans suck. Drop the anvil. Seattle, no scratch zone, and just like freedom, uh, all spray painted. And uh, Pippi almost gets hit by an arrow. Mm-hmm. And- oh, I know when she when she left the others and walked by herself, and they're you know what they're saying. I was like, oh no, well something is about to happen. Yeah, and I did the whole IMDb thing with Annie and Pippi last week, and. Uh, yeah, notice that Annie has, you know, she's been on a few things. She's going to be in the new Child's Play movie. And Pippi, like, I think this was, like, maybe her only role 
maybe one of a, one of a couple. So I was like, oh, they're going to kill this one off, you know, but they didn't. <laughs> because Baron makes all the kids hide and and he distracts the, the militia and he starts shooting at them and he gets Yeah, and he tells them, he tells them, you know, run, keep running. But he he tells them to hide under the car. Yeah, yeah. So they but just he is right leading by. he's leading them to believe that they're that they've just kept running up the alley. Yeah. So, um, Baron, who I now realized was a human the entire time, um, <sighs> is shot dead. Yeah, because he didn't get like a headshot; he got shot in the chest. So, if he was a zombie, he would have gotten right back up again. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, let's strike up the music. say about Baron? Oh, Baron was a selfless guy. Yeah. I just learned your name last week, Baron. <laughs> I kept mistaking you for Weevil. <laughs> you helped Renegade, Levon, Stan, and Suki get some humans across the border. Where's Suki? Um, is she okay? <laughs> you showed up this season to our delight because we just finished our Veronica Mars rewatch and this character that you are, you look just like this other character, uh, Weevil. And uh, you're always a highlight. And I, I feel like we're going to see you again on July 26th on Hulu. Uh, but, you know, I could be mistaken. <laughs> Baron, you went down as a hero. You protected three abused kids from a squadron of murdering humans who thought it must be Persianite. Um, we'll, we'll never forget you. Rest in peace. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this, what the heck, what is going on with the U S that they, that they don't have like, where, like where, where's the U S army? Why are there actual civilians driving around with, you know, fully automatic weapons? Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about guns. I mean, they're semi-automatic, but I'm just saying they're, you know, they got a lot of guns and, yeah, controlling and being border. all, uh, uh, what do you, uh, I, yeah. Why do they feel like they need to take, I guess it's just escalated. I mean, you know, look, we have people down on the border, Mexican border, being, uh, what's the word? Uh, militant? Uh, vigilant? Vigilantes. Ah, okay. Vigilantes is what I'm trying to think of. There are people doing that now to the Mexican, because they see crap on television, and they think that, that they need to go do something. So I guess... It's just escalated to where uh, people have become vigilantes, and they are the shields like, that guard the realms of men. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this place looked really kind of abandoned, so I wonder if, like, you know, this is kind of like a like nobody's supposed to be here. So, uh-huh. and, but so they don't really patrol it, but maybe they patrol the entrance to this like whatever neutral zone or something. Because um, I'm I'm sure, like, you know. There would be like a group of humans just kind of sitting on the other on the other side of the wall and just kind of chucking like, you know, Molotov cocktails over the wall to see if they can start a fire or anything like that. So maybe maybe this area is blocked, but they these humans know a way through. I don't know. 
Anyway, let's go to the next chapter, Irking Overtime. And we see Clive reading The Five Ps of Pregnancy, which, as far as I know, is not actually a book. Well, it's supposed to be – it's a take on the um, what to expect when you're expecting. Oh, really? That's what I took from that. Yeah, yeah. I looked up the five Ps of pregnancy, and I, I was seeing like the four Ps, the six Ps, but I did find a website called the Canberra Mummy or something like that. Uh, and they listed the five Ps of pregnancy as Pilates, panty liners, prams. I don't know what a pram is. Pu- Neither do I. <laughs> pu- puking <laughs> and parties. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, we got Liv here letting the guns breathe. You know, you have a right to bear arms here. Oh God, we got the right to. We're police. We got a right to bear arms. <laughs> and Vampire Steve, sorry, sorry, Zombie Steve shows up. He's got the last phone number, uh, and uh, the list is done. Everybody on that on that list is alive and kicking. Some of them wandering in the forest on hallucinogens, but you know. <laughs> Um, so if you remember the last episode, Clive and Liv were sent off to uh, find, you know, investigate the convenience store, and then that's how they got onto the whole ping the cell tower thing. But Bazio and Kavanaugh were off to hunt down that muscle car, and so we see that um, they did. They well, they found a guy named Victor Ruiz, who's a part of some sort of like muscle car club, and uh, he knows the owner of the muscle car. He's gone, but he knows where that muscle car is, and. Uh, yeah, it's strange that uh, – oh, wait. I should mention that um, maybe my favorite scene in this episode because it's so awkward. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Mm. When Liv and Clive are looking in on Bazio and Kavanaugh and then Clive realizes something's going on. <laughs> oh, he thinks she's having a vision. She's blinking. But she's kegling. Kegling? Kegling? Uh-huh. Kegling? <laughs> so freaking funny. Yeah. That was funny because we're like, oh yeah, visions. That was a thing. I mean, who who at home was watching the show and didn't do a little kegel themselves to see if they blinked when they did it? I know I did. <laughs> I can do it without blinking, just so you know. Another moment of TMI brought to you by the Isobi Podcast. <laughs> so they go to check out the car, and I, I have to wonder why didn't why didn't Bosio and Kavanaugh get to go check it out? Maybe because Bosio's pregnant, but where's Kavanaugh? I don't know. They did all the work to track this car down, and Liv and Clive get to go look for it. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how how, how policing works. Well, I don't know. They find the car was hot wired. There's uh, Robbie shows up. He says there's blood results. They were from a dozen people. There are no zombies in the blood. And uh, then all of a sudden he tastes the quote unquote blood on the car, and it's corn syrup. And Liv finds a wig. And so we have a meeting of the uh, minds. In the office, uh, all around Clive's desk. And Bazio is even sitting on Clive's desk because, you know, she's probably tired. Um, and yeah, I love this. I love this so much. I love that our main characters run Seattle. They make the decisions for Seattle, and it's our main characters. They're in charge. And it's just like this like meeting of the Justice League, you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> They're yeah. all in charge of their different factions of Seattle. And, uh, Peyton's ready to call a press conference, but Major says nobody's going to believe them. And he says, our words won't trump their images. Uh Oh, yeah. And I tweeted out, wow, they let him swear on television. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Major's ready to throw back some fake news. And he says he wants to get, he's he's like, we're going to get two zombies to confess 
to um, you know the, the 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 shooting, and I thought that was funny because you know who gave him that idea last week, and he totally turned it down it was Blaine. Mm. But so I that's so true. So uh, you know it's funny at this point I was like oh my god like Major is like going dark here yeah but I had no idea that this was actually all. I mean, it is still kind of dark, but it's not as dark as as it initially seems. Mm-hmm. And uh, Major asks, uh, says to Liv that he's going to need Renegade to get these patsies out of Seattle. There's going to be a lot of heat on them, and she refuses. And he tells her, "I want to, I want to live in your world." Mm-hmm. And then Major says, "Peyton, Lieutenant, expect my instructions," and walks out the door. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the um, luxuries that you have of yep. not worrying about. This or that. So we go to the next chapter, The Terrible Two, and Enzo presents a very beaten Chris Tater and Buddy Jackson. By the way, I looked that name up in the uh, IMDb. But he's the other soldier that wasn't shot in the neck that was uh, getting all rabble rousy in the locker room there. Uh huh. Um, Spud is Chris Tater. Um, Spud is pissed. He calls Major a softie and declares his allegiance to Chase Graves. Um, and yeah, we see that Enzo is kind of carried on his. Is I'm going to bring basically zombies in a room, tie them into a chair, and just start beating them with brass knuckles until they confess. Which is what he did with Levon and Liv last year. Um, it's just so weird that they're like holding Chase Graves up as a, a, a you know, I swear allegiance to Chase Graves. He's gone. He's dead. That's the past. Like it's weird that they're now it's uh, continue it's, to. It's his techniques. They thought, mm-hmm. you know, the curfew, the really, you know, his strong rule as, as opposed to Major's, um, you know, kind of kid gloves ruling um, worked better for them. You know, they could walk around the streets and not be in, not be as much in fear because they could, you know, fire back. Whereas Major's like, make, you know, only fire back if they have like a weapon and your your life is in danger kind of thing. Where they could before probably walk into a place like warm warm bloods and just knock some heads together if there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go back to Renegade headquarters and Liv meets uh, the orphans Oliver, Annie, and Pippi and finds out that Baron is gone. And so, um, uh, yeah, this is this kind of uh, changes Liv's outlook on the whole thing. We find out, um, and then we go into this. Uh, Montage set to Elvis Costello's uh, Deep Dark Truthful Mirror. That's what the song's called. I, I like, knew it was Elvis Costello, but I've never heard it before. Yeah, me either. This is like the third Elvis Costello song on the show. Um, Peyton meets with a couple. He's looking at the space the picture of the Space Needle. And then we go to the beginning of the fake news. Um, so this news report says that Cynthia Ribnicki is ID'd at the, as the person murdered by two zombies. And, uh, and, and, but she was actually alive. And that, at that point I was like, yes, in front of my TV. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. She was the one that was her posing. But it, it, so I love that it played with my predictions, like my expectations. Cause I was, I, I had predicted, uh, the that the story that Major is making up here as the actual true thing, like that Cynthia was actually working with the chicks and was the person that put the wig on and all that stuff. But, uh-huh. um, and that, she, it, but 
Yeah, so they go along and they say she was alive and she conspired with John and David Mendez to create a hoax. And mm-hmm. they show them being carted off and Cynthia like turns and looks at the camera and gives a little dead enders sign. Uh-huh. And we have the all the humans at Warm Bloods cheer. Yes, it worked it, it worked on the humans like they're they're so happy. They have these martyrs, you know, the Cynthia and John and David Mendez. And Basio calls a press conference and says that these dead enders should be in jail for at least 15 years. And then we cut to Fillmore Graves and they're happy, you know, so we're making both sides happy, which is awesome. You know, this, mm-hmm. this plan is working. Um, so it's like, it's like the whole fake news scam um, is to give the dead enders and Fillmore Graves this like empty victory. You know, they, mm-hmm. they got justice, you know, and it kind of calms down both sides and we kind of cut to Dolly watching the whole thing and is pissed. And then we go to the back of the news and the, there was a quote-unquote leaked video showing Tater and Jackson being executed by the, the old melon smasher. Mm-hmm. But we then see Justin watching a doctor inject Tater and Jackson for the deep freeze. Mm. And the rest of the soldiers are seeing Major telling the press, like, hey, listen, Fillmore and Graves will police itself. Soldiers that break the law pay the price. So it's interesting that Justin is the only one that knows that this is actually BS. Major's putting them on ice, but the rest of the soldiers know that they better not, nobody better do something like this again, you know? Uh. But it also lets the, the humans know that, yeah, we're, you know, we did, we said no, no guillotine, but, you know, we're going to take care of our own mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, you know, you'll get your justice. But we see back at Renegade HQ that Cynthia and the Mendez brothers really had nothing to do with any of this. They're, this is a way for them to be let out of the, out of the city. They have to be patsies for this. These are, and these are the ones who needed to get out to take care of their parents. Yes. Yeah. The mm-hmm. brothers are the ones that need to take care of their you know, dying father and the senile mother. And Cynthia, you know, she was she was the one that was trapped inside that needed to get to Chicago with her family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it helped Major's problems where he said he was going to hell because he was having yeah. to make these hard decisions. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, they still don't know who actually did the video. Um, and yeah, Major asked Liv why she changed her mind. And Liv says, I was already living in your world. I just didn't know it yet. Kind of reflecting on Baron's death and, you know, the cost that it takes to, you know, Renegade's crew as well. Um, mm-hmm. And we see uh, we see in the other room Oliver, who has been turned into a zombie, scratching Annie and Pippi, which I was uh, I was not happy with. Were you? Yeah, yeah. No, they're, he's like, you are you sure? No, idiot. They're 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 little. I mean, he's a teenager, so I can I can say, okay, well, this is not like a responsible adult making this decision, you know? right? But it just was like, no, they're kids. They're not. They didn't yeah. need to be turned into zombies. <laughs> I, well, I know I had like a dread, a fear, feel of my, I was just filled with dread when that happened. Like something bad's going to happen because of this. And uh, it's just like, you know, it's such like, a, it's like a life choice, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just don't. Irreversible at this point. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. So as we're like kind of upset about that, we go to the bedroom with Ravi and Peyton. Ah! <laughs> Harry Nielsen's Without You is playing. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they just had a very successful jam sesh. 
and we see them staring into each other's eyes and, and having the last few gasps of whatever they were doing. Oh <laughs> uh, well, but you know, it's television, so bra on and uh, yeah, no yeah. no writhing up and down. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's so funny. It's uh. You know, every once in a while they go, they they dip into like you know something that's really highly sexual, and uh, it, it I, you know, I remember those first interviews in like the first season where they were where, you know, Rob and Diane were very much like this is these are going to be like zombies having sex and in and out of bed with each other. You know, it's a zomcom rom drom. We're gonna we're gonna, you know, these are these are sexy zombies. You know, and they've hardly been like that, but when they do do it, they really they really d- dig in. You know. Um, so, so yeah, it is kind of awkward because we don't see it as much. I, mm-hmm. I suppose if this was like every it's like, episode, this is the CW, did... it's supposed to be. Well, you know, there's there's clean. there's sexy. I mean, I'm sure like Di- Dynasty and Gossip Girl and the, you know yeah. Riverdale, Riverdale. There's all sorts of sexy, you know, sweaty people writhing about. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, after uh, Peyton tells Robbie that she actually sold the naming rights to the Space Needle. And she's throwing away her career because uh, they need to do something. DC, she went to DC before, and she knows they they, they want to bomb uh, New Seattle, and that something's got to be done. So I guess they're going to put their their trust into High Zombie. <laughs> 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 I, I I don't know. I think I, I I'm kind of it's just funny that they're like a sketch show, like a, like a comedy sitcom, really. Like, oh, I can't wait to see it. I mean, I cannot I wait. I can't wait. We we're big fans of Zombie High here, um, but I think if you really want to get the news out on you know how normal zombies are, why not go with a leave on approach and you know film documentaries? A documentary, yeah, yeah, like a reality show. Yeah, you don't need Urkel the zombie to win people over and say, "Oh, we can't nuke them." <laughs> like they know it's that's clearly fiction, you know. <laughs> So I don't, I don't quite get that, but whatever. I'm going along with it because I know High Zombie is going to be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be Keeping Up with the Zombie yeah. or <laughs> yes. Real World. The Real Zombie World. New Seattle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Survivor for real. <laughs> <laughs> the Amazing Zombie Race. I'll just, we'll just keep going. Um, bah, 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 bah. So we go to the last scene here at Oh My, oh my Cod. And uh, Kathy is a bit talkative, and Dolly swears her to secrecy. And Kathy's really insistent that the TV is this TV. It's fake news. We have to we have to tell somebody. And, mm. and you know, Dolly Dolly uh, tells Benny to bring her home, and she's like, "Oh, does he come with the deal?" And and uh, yeah, Dolly gives him a little look where you know that Kathy's probably not going to return. Mm-mm. Rob Thomas says that storyline was partly inspired by groups like the Irish Republican Army. There would be the reasonable face, the face you put out to the public, the one who goes on TV and makes the reasoned arguments for why this should happen. I was interested in doing that in Seattle, to have a conservative mom be the public face of the anti-zombie pro-human group, and then to find out that she's actually running the whole show. Our big bads have been male in all these seasons, and so I was interested in having a female big bad. So that's from Rob Thomas. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Somebody who's funny, but also can be dramatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get the, you know, the, um, 
the upset, you know, Fox News uh, pundit stuff from her on Frostbites, but we see that she is evil. Mm-hmm. All right, we should get some feedback. Holy cow, it's been a show. I didn't realize it was going to go this long, but hey, what the heck. Good discussions. What would you like? To, what email? Do you have the email in front of you? Yes, I have the email in front of me. Oh, I actually have uh, Jeff's voicemail. Let's play that right off the bat here. Okay. Hello, Robin and Steph and all the iZombie fans. This is Jeff X-Force 11 leaving my feedback. It was nice to see Liv on a Brain of the Week, and I think it was a fun one, but I think it didn't overshadow the rest of the episode, and I like that because we had so much to talk about in this episode, so much to think about with renegade and the the leader of Fillmore Graves trying to figure out their issues and work things together and I like that I like them really all having to play the game even Peyton having to play the political game of getting funding and getting people to do what needs to be done and everybody's having to adjust to this new world i really like the continued storyline of the foster brother and the two foster sisters getting into seattle and what the real impact of that is i think this chick's leader is going to be a worthy adversary to our group this year she seems pretty smart and pretty on top of things and well connected and uh, i think it's going to be a good season and i'm looking forward to seeing what's next thanks you two bye <laughs> thanks jeff and i like that outlook on the whole you know i was complaining about the brains not playing such a big role and that, i mean it's still a concern to me but it's also like well it's good that we're not we we can at least uh um you know spend a little bit more on on the Political intrigue, I guess the the game of the game of brains, as it were. <laughs> uh huh. So, uh, what do you want to read first? Oh, tell me which one. Whichever. Click on one. Efrex. What's up, Efrex? Possible correction, guys. Great job, as always, on the podcast, and thanks for the terrific interviews, Robin. You clearly put a ton of work. Uh, for this labor of love and I appreciate you clearly sorry you clearly put in a ton of work for this labor of love and I appreciate it greatly one possible correction though you mentioned you questioned the Ravi Dr. Saxon conversation about white girl I assume that this did indeed refer to the victim from you've got to hide your live away as I recall she was a zombie who took one of the stolen cures and so her biological material and possible leftover brain would be of significant interest to the CDC. I don't think there would be any reason for Ravi to bring Isabel sob to the CDC's attention and her brain was completely consumed by Basio. Anyhow, can't wait for what comes next. Best Efrex. Yeah, um I'm I was a little confused last week about the whole white girl thing. Um I'm still confused. Uh I'm assuming <laughs> they I mean I just uh I don't. I don't quite understand it, but I'm just going to roll with it. I'm not. I don't care uh, whose brain went <laughs> or what. I assumed it was some sort of test done on Isabel's, and he sent like the research, all his research that he did, and I didn't see him doing any sort of research on the white girl brain except for eat it. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, you know, maybe in the future we'll get somebody on here to to explain it to us. 
Um, Efrex actually wrote something this week. Do you want to read that too? Mm-hmm. Okay. He says, hiya, Robin and Steph. Thanks for the bonus interviews and, gr- and great to have you guys back chatting about Team Z. I started off feeling pretty ambivalent about this episode, but the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking that I like it. We had a whole mess of different plot threads get some semi-revolved quick semi-resolved quickly which made for a bit of confusion but i think in the but i think the end result was a clearly defined central conflict with all of the good guys working together against a big bad with plenty of room for lots of different dramas dramas to play out within the central arc if the next episodes feel less if the next episodes feel less scattershot i think it'll be worth it for me the mvp of this episode was major in many ways he got the Veronica Mars character treatment as someone trying to do the right thing, maintain a moral stance in a world coming apart at the seams while trying to figure out where he can bend to avoid breaking. Every Fillmore Graves scene was tense and powerful, and I got a, I got the feeling that Major will feel the strain but not crack under it. It's got it's not going to be easy for him when it has when has it ever been. But I like how the writers keep finding ways to make his character flaws and strengths balance each other out. It was lovely to see him and Liv share a tender moment, and I hope we get more of that, even as the world collapses around him. Yes, please, please, please. R.I.P. Jordan and Weave, I mean Baron. (laughs) (laughs) Both deaths hit a bit harder than I would have expected, considering their relatively limited screen time. Mm. I'm too young to be watching the Chakrabarti intimacy scene. Hey, you're pronouncing it wrong. He's using the correct uh, shipper name. It's Charles Crabarty. Okay. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. No Blaine or Scotty in this episode? Oh, well, at least we got to see him in the new intro. Wait a second. He's, I think it's Donnie. Scotty's dead. Possible correction, Efrex. It's <laughs> Donnie. Thank you. <laughs> no, just kidding. Every moment in the role-playing game scene was an absolute scream. Yes. And all I want now is a spinoff series where each episode is just Clive running a D&D session with with these guys and occasional cameos from the rest of the crew. Yes. That's all for now. All the best, Efrax. <laughs> Thank you, Efrax. Uh, yes, I would love, I would love, love, love. We'll, we'll have a, just a block of zom- iZombie TV. We got Zombie High, we got High Zombie, and then we just got like Dungeon Run or something like that with, with, with hosted by Clive Babineau. All right. Um, this is from Dave. Dave says, another busy episode. So much happened. Robin, they must have heard your frustration and we got our title sequence back. Yay. <laughs> One, Workout Brain was a fun was, was fun without getting too ridiculous. It was good seeing Liv on a brain again. Two, that sexy time with Peyton and Ravi. Peyton getting distracted mid-sexy time. So true to life. That second one, did they actually show the moment of completion, Winky Face? <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> Number three, R.I.P. Jordan. She was a fun character and probably a kick in the butt. Oh, kick in the butt. Major needed. While I totally appreciate his gentler touch to running Fillmore Graves, this is just not working either. I totally get the other Fillmore Graves soldiers' frustrations. I'm not sure what the right way is. Chase was going too far. Major, not enough. As Major reminds us, I zombies, er, zombies, I should say I zombies, I guess when I see the word zombie. Zombies are way outnumbered, and I keep thinking how I might react being a human stuck in New Seattle. Yeah, for sure. Four, R.I.P. Baron. 
His death is a reminder to live and us as viewers that what they are doing is very dangerous. Five, hi, zombie, made me laugh. Peyton is in a similar similar situation to Major, keeping a sinking ship afloat with very little resources and support. She should try podcasting, I'm just saying. Uh, Number six, (laughs) I loved seeing the D&D game is still going and how into it Clive is. Seven, so the killing was staged. As I said earlier, many humans in New Seattle must be frustrated and getting desperate. Eight, nice ploy on showing the head smasher back in use. Nine, no Blaine and Donnie the whole episode. I know, sad. I would be very, I, I, I was very disappointed when I realized, oh man, we haven't had a Blaine scene. Um, so much going on this season and in these two first episodes, Dave. Thank you, Dave. You want to read the next one? <laughs> From Darren? Yeah. All right. Darren says, finally got to watch this week's episode. I normally watch it twice before commenting, but since this week's podcast is recording tomorrow morning, the work has been a nightmare heading into a vacation. I'm giving an immediate reaction. Thank you, Darren. It's nice to see Liv and Major working, it seems, in the same direction. The scene with the dinner at the start shows their friendship is still there. I, I don't need them to end up together, but it seems that they are in a place that I can feel better about. Major seems to understand the optics better, and making that video at the end should help him going forward. Enzo is still around. I, I expected Justin to tell Major what he did to live and Major to have taken care of him. Mm. After Ro- after Robert Buckley's tweet yesterday, I figured Jordan wasn't going to be around much longer. Oh, see, I just I had no idea. I did not guess before. Jordan. Mm-mm. And eventually... Uh, Okay, after Robert Buckley's tweet yesterday, I figured Jordan wasn't going to be around much longer. And I feel that eventually the writers would have had to kill off a coyote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peyton working to improve the image of the city has got to, uh, has to be tough, but it's nice to see Ravi and Jimmy helping out. She's right about selling the name rights to the Space Needle. If she doesn't do it, there won't be a city to be upset about. Yeah. I was wondering if we were ever going to see Major and Dale on screen together again. And I was a little surprised it wasn't more awkward. Hmm. Huh. The murder was a hoax. Should have seen that coming. And I I kind of got a feeling it may uh, end up there towards the end. Yeah, I wonder if it's, you know, I want, I'm sure this whole fake news thing is going to bite them in the ass. I, I, yeah, I, I, it's going to be bad. I guarantee it's going to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing how much of the rest of the season, how the rest of the season plays out. Can't wait for next week's episode, which I will be able to watch live. Just need to get an antenna for the TV. Now I'm off to bed and trying to catch up on some sleep I lost I lost this week. Darren, Darren, have a nice vacation and catch some Z's. <laughs> <laughs> that was a from from the show. Uh, okay, so <laughs> uh, we didn't have any. F- Facebook stuff to talk about, um, but I did get some thoughts for the users of TV Time, where our podcast is actually streaming. I, I'd love to hear from people that may be listening to our podcast on that app. Um, first one is from What Is a Nova says, "Yes, I love when zombies make Dungeons and Dragons references. Also, this kind of situation is very common and accurate, at least with my party." Uh, Jordan says, "Peyton for president, 2020." Uh, 
Ewan says, or Ewan says, um, this episode with Liv was legit me in real life. I beat my disease and now I'm five months remission and super gym freak doing cardio on stairs for no reason. Um, Cage4815 says, I missed the zombie, zombie vision scene. And Maddie Hill says, Major was smart to think of that plan. So that's all for feedback this week. Thank you, everybody that emailed in. And, and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear more from you. This is the final season. You know, there's not going to be any more iZombie podcasts after uh, we're all done with. And we have, uh, what, 11 episodes left? So... Uh, get your feedback in. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your comments on our iTunes. Um, you know, give us five stars and and talk about you know how great Steph is and how much Robin has to do to keep up with her. And uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, uh, should we uh, should we hear the uh, trailer for next week's episode? Yes. This is the trailer for five, six, seven, eight. Thursday. Becca was poisoned. It's very sad. It takes two. We're going to have so much fun while solving crime together. To catch a killer. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are you thinking about Sarah going back? I, Zombie. Final season continues Thursday, 8, 7 central on The CW. And that was a trailer for 5, 6, 7, 8. That's the third episode of the final season. I can't believe we're already into episode three. Um... All right, so uh, the description is, So you think you can dance while investigating the deaths of Gulliver and Nancy, the dynamic duo of Seattle's winning dance team? Liv and Ravi go undercover as dance partners to size up the other contestants, a.k.a. the prime suspects. Meanwhile, Peyton confronts Major after she's told that one of his soldiers was out of line during a routine lights check at school. At the school. Cl- lastly, Clive and Basio receive a shocking surprise during Lamaze class. Ooh. Please Ooh. don't let what is it going be that with news. that. No. So yeah, like we said earlier, like, you know, like I said earlier in the episode, this is uh, this whole dance competition thing has been set up for the first two episodes, so uh, it's all leading to this one. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess the two people that you know the U.S. Or at least this, the the producers of this dance show really want to get out of New Seattle are going to end up dead, and that's probably going to be a huge PR nightmare for for New Seattle. You know, mm. so um, now Liv and Ravi are going undercover as dance partners, and I love it. This is going to be. I think this is going to be very much like a like an Agatha Christie thing or something like that. You know, like there's, there's a whole bunch of dancers, and we have to figure out which. Which pair of dancers was it, or just one dancer that killed these two dancers? But we're also going to have Liv and Ravi on these dancer brains, and man, it looks good. That trailer looks great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm praying for uh, Bazano baby. I want everything to be okay. So. Yeah, that's that's freaky. That's that's uh oh, I got dread in the pit of my stomach. And, uh, yeah, who's going to die next week? Does anybody think anybody's going to die next week besides our victims? Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, so, uh, 
uh, Veet Nguyen is uh, directing the episode. We we had Veet on um, on the podcast before. He's awesome, and uh, the episode is dir- is written by Diane Rogeria Wright, um, who is the co showrunner for I Zombie. And I'm happy to announce, unless you know something terrible happens and we have to reschedule, uh, Diane uh, wants to be on the show and talk about the episode with us next week. So no uh, no sp- bonus episodes this week, but we're we're gonna at least have a talk with Diane maybe in the main show about five, six, seven, eight, which is probably gonna be like a highlight of the season by by the looks of it. They've been hyping this episode up for you know months. They released uh, images from it of. Ravi and Liv dancing. So pretty cool, huh? Yes. Yeah. And I'm nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not often that you're, uh, you're a part of these, uh, these chats with the folks from the show, but, uh, I mean, come on. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, awesome. you know, but I love, so you, I loved, so you think you can dance until it got, <laughs> you know, like it just like ran out of pizzazz. It, I guess it just kept it. It just, it was fresh for several years and it just was not fresh anymore. But, you know, I love me some dance stuff and reality shows and we'll just have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe Diane will let us know what High Zombie is all about. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, I think I can. High Zombie is filmed in front of a half-alive, mostly undead studio audience. Hi, Zombie! (laughs) I'm home. Boy, am I dead tired. Well, that's a (laughs) no-brainer. You are wearing a gray face. But of course... (laughs) I feel like I've been at work a decade. (laughs) As soon as I punched out for the day, it was like happy entrails to me. (laughs) It's a rotten job, but somebody's got to do it. (laughs) Make it brave. Thank you for listening to the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. Obligatory contact info in three, two, one, go. Send in your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin at LRobinYero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash D. Sheehan check out our other podcasts you can listen to us binge watch through great shows like dawson's creek smallville veronica mars and when i zombie ends kill more girls just subscribe to we don't want to wait on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts be sure to check out tv time if you want to join a global community of tv watchers where our podcast among others is currently streaming download the tv time app today go to tvtime.com for more details please leave us a five-star review on itunes we do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and the only payment we ask are your kind words and make sure it's on the correct feed we are the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph and we're done you think anyone's still listening oh they totally are bye zombie live forever 